You're listening to the Lost Chill Podcast with Katie and Kimmy. For years now, I have had the pleasure of listening to the wit, banter, and pure joy from these two, and now I invite you to share in the delight of listening to them discuss the books they're currently reading. Whether you are a fellow dedicated bibliophile or simply wish you had more time to read, you will love hearing the insight and discussions around the stories they dive into. So grab a cup of coffee or pour a glass of wine and let's jump on in. Katie and Kimmy, take it away. We are so pleased to be here today with Richard Osmond, one of our favorite authors of the sleuthing books, The Thursday Murder Club, The Man Who Died Twice, and out just this week, The Bullet Which Missed. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you so much. So we are both huge fans of this series, and we've done several episodes on our podcast already about um, both of the books that are already out. Um, so the Thursday Murder Club, for those who don't know, is a series of books where a group of senior citizens fill their time in their retirement communities with solving murders. Um, why did you choose this demographic to be your main set of characters? It came from real life, really. My mum lives in a retirement community in uh, in England, the south of England, uh, and I was going to visit a lot. And firstly, it's very, very beautiful, very, very peaceful, if it plays <laughs> over here. Uh, and secondly, the people who live there in their 70s, they've done such interesting things in their lives. And, you know, they've, 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 they've gathered together such wisdom that, you know, the moment I thought this would be a good place for a murder, I thought, well, you lot would solve it, you know? Uh, you couldn't have a better combination for detective than being invisible, but very, very wise. And that's what that's what these uh, people are. So that's the idea behind it. You just, you know, four very unlikely friends in their 70s, you know, being sort of set almost impossible mysteries to solve. And it, 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 it seems to be a formula that's worked so far, which is, which is amazing. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. What does your mom think of this series then, since it's, you know, that's kind of where the idea came from? Well, yeah, well, when, when, I, when I first told us, I sort of kept it secret. When I sort of got to the end, I thought I, I probably should tell her I'm writing this. When I said I'm writing something set, it's not exactly where she lives, but it's pretty much. I think she was terrified. And the first time she saw the first draft, for legal reasons, she literally just went, it, is anybody a real name or real life story or anything like that? And of course I haven't. It's, 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 entirely, uh, it's entirely a fiction. And then she was able to read it again. But that, that whole community... Um, obviously you knew, knew about the books and they God, they love it. It's so lo lovely filming a report for, the, for, for the, the bullet that missed coming out and, 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 and the success of the previous books. And everybody there now pitches me stories. And, uh, and so genuinely they're called Peggy and Sue. Okay. Uh, and uh, Sue is, there's a concert hall here and they're, they're, they're trying to convert it into, into apartments. Uh, and, that would be a good plot, wouldn't it? You can imagine a plot there. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And I obviously wasn't enthusiastic enough because Peggy, there's, there's also a balcony in the uh, in the concert hall. And I'm like, there we go. Now we've got a plot. Uh, so, you know, they're, they, they, I, I would say they're embracing it fully is, is what they're doing in that community. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that because my mother-in-law also lives in such a similar community. And like just the way they talk, it's yeah. like about each other, about everything, about each other's kids. Like it is just such a unique but amazing setting. But isn't it an amazing, but it really is. And it's so, look, there's so much gossip and so much politics. Yes. And listen, this is, and they start drinking at about 11.30 in the morning. 
Uh, <laughs> like my mum was a primary school teacher. She's used to sort of keeping people in line. Such a part of because everyone who reads it wants to live there. They want to live there as well. Uh, and having four people in their seventies as the heroes in this world where uh, we're sort of bombarded by twenty-five-year-old Instagrammers all the time. This group of people with flaws and frailties, but you know, with 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 a sense of um, it's such a treat. Ourselves and ourselves and our 75 year old selves, we're, we're the same person, you know, and the things that move us in life is always the us. You know, what changes is grief and frailties and loss and, uh, but also the stuff changes, but who we are, our spirit is the same. The way doesn't change. And so, you know, so, so Jerry's in this book. I find our brains are all over the place and Joyce, right has because she's new to writing she writes she writes as she thinks and so she can go all over the place and funny enough in a, in, a, in a mystery story it's very very useful because she can be telling us what just happened she can tell us what's about to happen she can make us laugh she can make us think about stuff but she can also give away clues there's all sorts that joyce joyce does an awful lot of heavy lifting in these books um so what has been the most challenging part about bringing these characters to life uh that's a good question i mean writing a book is really hard that's for sure you know the physical act of actually you know so it's it, it, it's it's the mental equivalent of, of running a marathon i think you know anyone who's listening to this and, and, and is sitting and writing at the moment knows it's just it's just difficult you know and the key difficulty is to convince yourself that anyone's going to read what you're writing you know, that, that, that you've got any right to sort of tell this story, to tell your story. And certainly, you know, with the first book, of course, I'm thinking, uh, who on earth am I to tell this story? Who's going to want to read this? You know, because it's, uh, I'm just sitting here and writing words down and it feels, it, feel, it feels very, very alien. So sort of suspending your own disbelief, I think, is the hardest part of, of writing a novel. Just that thing of just saying, look, there'll be a voice that tells you to stop all the time every day every page there'll be a voice saying no don't bother this is no good also no one needs to read it who do you think you are trying to write a book and if you can just fight that voice off long enough to get thirty thousand words done or something then i think that's when you start thinking okay i'm just going to finish this uh so getting the first draft of the first book done that's the trick get ninety thousand words done doesn't matter if it's terrible. No one's ever going to see this first draft ever, you know, to just get it done. And weirdly, when it exists with a beginning, a middle and an end, the process, the task becomes much easier because then you're just changing things and sort of, you know, tightening bits up and losing bits and adding bits. But the fact it exists, there's something about it, which means, you know what? I've written the book. I've done it. I've done the thing. Now my job is different, which is how do I make this book good? You know, but just get the thing done, get that first draft done and never show anybody. <laughs> Does it, is it, um, I don't know if you can really compare the two, but like if, if it's apples and oranges, um, but is TV or writing, is that, which one is easier and more of a passion for you? T t TV is much easier because, because, because the, the, there's an immediate bang for your buck, you know, in terms of if I have a TV idea, like a format, I can write it up today, I can set it tomorrow, and I could be making it in a month's time. When I record a TV show, it, it will go out tomorrow and I'll get feedback and people will tell me what they think. Um, with a book, 
you know, it's like cooking a banquet. It's like no one's even going to see this for like a year and a half. You know, you're going to have to sit down every day with no feedback at all. And nobody is going to give you any, no one's going to tell you, no one, you're going to get no acclaim. You're going to get no feedback. You're going to get nothing for a year and a half. And so it's kind of fun. It's fun to sit and, you know, write and shut the door and, 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 and conjure up a world. But if you want immediate sort of creative um, sucker, then making a TV show, like being in a band and writing a song, you know, that's the thing you want. You just get, you just get that immediate hit. Uh, and, and, and writing is a very, very, very slow release hit, I would say. It's interesting. That's amazing. So um, I had read somewhere that you are working on a fourth novel already for our favorite little murder club. And yeah, then... I'm, 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 I'm literally I'm literally doing that at the moment, just started the fourth one. It's, it, it's weird, whenever a book comes out and you, you're having to talk about it and, and, and promote it, your brain is full of the next one because, you've, because, of, because of the schedule, you've, you've always just started when the other one comes out. So yeah, I'm writing the fourth one at the moment. Um, and I've just signed up to do two more Thursday Murder Club books as well. So there'll, there'll, there'll be six at least. But I've also signed up to do a new series of books as well. Um, so yeah, my next thing, I'll, I'll do two, two Thursday Murder Clubs and two, two of a new series. So um, which would be more of a conventional detective okay. book, I think. You know, someone who can sit at a desk and someone can bring them a plot, you know, and just say, can, can you solve this for me? Um, so yeah, the Thursday Murder Club is, is, is going to be around for a long time to come, but hopefully there'll be some uh, some other people having other adventures soon too. Are they going to intertwine at all? Well, it's funny. I was, I was, I was talking about that the, the the other day to someone, and I don't think they would intertwine, but I certainly feel they would exist in the same universe, which is the universe of of, of Great Britain in twenty twenty two. I I really try and root my books in a time and in a reality. I like I like them to be set today in a certain place and I, some people shy away from that they like things to be a bit more universal but i love you know if i read a book set in 1930s america you know i absolutely love it and the more specific you can be about where the people are shopping and you know what 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 they're doing and what they're reading i love that it's it, it's like you know archaeology you're sort of reading that stuff so i i try and write about the world outside my door and you know in 50 years time if someone wants to know what 2022 britain is like then you know hopefully they'll, they'll get a sense from my books well, that's fantastic I'm, I'm excited for more thursday murder club and then the new one too mm -hmm. be fun. yeah do you enjoy um or like is it easier to come up with like the whole plot of the entire book or is it easier to like find ways to slip clues in and like what's that sort of process yeah, I like I, I like knowing where, where I'm going. I like I like to know where I'm ending up essentially. So I always yeah. have an idea for a world and a and a and an inciting crime and where we finished. So that I've got. Um, and yeah, the fun then is filling in the gaps. Really, is sort of knowing where you've got to go. But I, I'm I'm not a planner. I don't write down what every single thing that's going to happen and how everything connects to everything. I just sort of plow on and write the next scene and the next scene and the next scene. And sometimes that takes you on quite a scenic route. To where you're going and within that scenic route you can hide red herrings but you can also hide the actual real clues you know that's the point is when you're constantly surprising yourself as a as, as a writer firstly you're constantly surprising the reader but secondly you give yourself so many avenues to hide the things that you need to hide 
and you know part of the secret of a, of, of a mystery writer is you you do have to hide stuff because you've got to, I, I have to tell you the solution you know when when it happens it has to be oh, i already told you this i already gave you every single bit of information you needed to put this together and that's the joy of a, of, of a crime fiction book is when you look back over and you just go oh yeah he told me he absolutely told me i thought he was talking about something else and i wasn't concentrating but he absolutely told me and you know that that's the thing that i love doing just just hiding things away is great fun those are always so much fun to go back and be like it was in plain sight this mm. entire time right yeah. then you can feel like yeah. a mastermind yeah but you know the fascinating thing is but what, what you don't do is go back and look over all the red herrings that were also in plain sight because you know so you know that's the fascinating that's that's why people give more kudos i think to to plotting than plotting deserves because when you go back you just go oh yeah i see that the path through but what you don't look back on is the other paths that i sort of lead you halfway up and then they get abandoned or, or, or they lead some somewhere else and the second i realized with crime fiction that you can reverse engineer things sometimes that you can have this solution and then you think hold on a minute if in a previous scene I said this, that would look so clever and you can do that. And then suddenly you're like, oh, you can, you can make a plot look incredibly complicated when actually it was incredibly simple. I'm reading a, an old Agatha Christie at the moment um, called Towards Zero, which I'm really enjoying. And, and the one thing I think all the time now when, when, when I read crime fiction or read the older crime fiction is I, is I have to remember I love those bits when they seem complicated. You think, oh my God, anyone could have done it. There's so many, so much stuff going on. How is this ever going to be sorted out? And you have to remember that the writer all the way through knows what's going to happen. They know exactly what's happening in the end. And so they're not having to juggle this stuff the whole time. They're not having to go, it could be this person, it could be that person. They know who it is. And so all the way through, all they're doing is suggesting it might be other people and trying to cleverly hide the fact of the person that it is. And so actually, what seems complicated it's actually sort of simple because if you knew right from the start of the book which a writer does know then actually the complicatedness falls away i love that i are you drawing on a lot of agatha christie for inspiration i feel like it's the second time you've brought her up and we love her oh well, yeah i i just think it's it's, it's very hard to be to, to, to be british and a, and a crime fiction fan and not love agatha yeah. christie and what she did <laughs> And, and, and particularly the things, you know, some, sometimes my books get called cozy crime and I sort of think, I, I sort of see what you mean. They, they, they've got like a cozy wrapping, but in the same way that Agatha Christie got called cozy crime and you read some of them, you think, I mean, there's some bad stuff going on in these books. There's some brutal murder. You know, there's, there's, there, there's some very, very um, dark motives and there's a lot of evil lurking under sort of, you know, leafy English lanes. Uh, and I think that thing, the real sweet spot is if you can write a book that feels like it's a cozy mystery and makes you think, ah, oh, this would be nice. And then, and then really bad stuff happens, which people secretly love. Then I think that, that, I think that's a combination that people find very appealing, but it's a combination that you're exactly right, comes directly from Agatha Christie. Do you have a favorite book of hers? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's very hard to beat the, the mechanic in, and then there were none. It's very difficult to write yes. a crime story with a better <laughs> twist than that. And also, it's, it's fascinating. I love, love, love the setup to why didn't they ask Evans, right? The start of that book, and someone says, why didn't they ask Evans? And there's your plot. 
right? Now, it doesn't really hold up. And the fact that that person would have said it and, and where it goes in the end, but it's such a brilliant setup to a book that you cannot, you cannot do anything other than keep reading that book because you've been asked, it's, you've been asked such a direct question by Agatha Christie, which is why didn't they ask Evans? And you don't know who Evans is and you want to know why they didn't ask her. And so she can sort of take you anywhere on that journey. So you go, Agatha, I am sticking around to find out why they didn't ask Evans, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> and that's, uh, again, one of, one of her sort of particular bits of genius is she'll, she, she messes about with plot so well. Do you have any other authors that sort of inspire you? Inspire me? It's, it, it's a really interesting one. There's loads of people I love and loads of people that, you know, I wish I could write like. I, you know, I love Ian Rankin. Uh, you know, I love Dennis Lehane. There's all of these people who I just think that's the other interesting thing when you start writing a book and you just think, oh God, well, I'm never going to be Kate Atkinson or Ian Rankin. Uh, and you have to say to yourself, you're yeah, good because they already exist. So, you know, you, you don't need to be them. You know, you, you need to be yourself. And for the first book, certainly, I found it quite hard to read contemporary fiction because I was thinking either I'm reading something good, in which case it's, I'm finding it demoralizing, or I'm reading something bad and you, you shouldn't really fill your head with bad literature when you're writing. Now I feel, because I have a bit more confidence in my voice and I, I sort of feel I have, a, I have a place, you know, and, and, and I have a, a furrow that I can plow. Now I'm back at the stage where I, I can start reading all, all books again. And that's really lovely. And, and, and read, you know, I can read Ian Rankin. And do, I, I read crime writers in a different way now I've written crime as well, which is which is really really interesting. In a way, I wish I didn't. In a way, I wish I could go back to my innocence. Uh, but you know, now I yeah, I'm, I'm sort of going. What are you up to? What's going on here? Who are you? Who are you pointing me towards here? Uh, and um, but uh, yeah, I mean, crime crime fiction is my number one love, which is why I write it. And uh, you know, that's uh, uh, that's why I read it. Who would you guys be recommending at the moment? Uh, I just read Wrong Place, Wrong Time, and uh, yeah. it's, have you heard, have you read it? Yes, it, I read it. I just, yeah, I read it. It's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because the plot is kind of what you were talking about, where it's almost she's reverse engineering as part of the plot line, but doesn't know, and yeah. so I loved that. It was so unique. I, that's one I liked lately. But that again, that's the fascinating thing. So I read that, and it's, it's and you you really admire it, and and but again, it, it feels so infinitely complicated. Yeah. But actually, actually, but actually, to write, I suspect it probably wasn't because because <laughs> yes. she knows what happens. Right. Exactly. You know? So also, so she, I mean, it, it is complicated. It's a brilliant achievement, and so and, and it's a great book. But it's 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 not it's not that sort of you just think, oh my god, how did anyone do that? Because she know she knows what's going on right from the start from page one she knows exactly what's happened and where it's going to be revealed so she has something to hold on to at least yeah. uh, but as, as a, the joy as, as a reader is you don't have that same thing that she had and so you're constantly hurtling backwards through time uh, in, a, in, a, in a very satisfying way yeah so interesting because we've talked with other authors um, who sometimes don't know how their books are going to end so it's so interesting to hear mm. you kind of have that perspective of um, knowing what's going to happen in the end. It's just a matter of the steps leading up to that. Well, occasionally I don't. Occasionally I'll change what happens. Uh, but, but the interesting thing with crime fiction 
that again I didn't realize until I wrote it is you can change your killer because one of the things you're doing in crime fiction is you're making sure that everyone is a suspect you know that's one of the pieces of crime fiction is try not to rule anyone out anyone who appears in your book should be there for a reason uh, and usually it's you want to suspect them in one way or another so if you get to the end of the book you think oh actually I've got a really nice idea for a twist but it changes who the killer is it's not you don't have to then go back and unravel everything because if you've done it right then you point at the finger of suspicion to that, to that person anyway so you've only got to change a couple of little things and you can completely change your killer which is why there's so many great sort of twists at the end of detective books because you can, you can change them on the final day you're writing them you know you can literally go no actually hold on a minute why don't i turn this screw one more time uh, and we'll change the killer because you pointed at that killer all the way through and all you've got to do is block up a couple of avenues for the person who was going to be the killer and open up a couple of avenues for the person who is your killer and the job's done brilliant <laughs> it is <laughs> love it yeah all right well thank you so much richard osmond for talking with us today this has been amazing and cannot wait to talk more about your new book so such an absolute pleasure thank you both thank you so much all right bye-bye